And so, Lord, thank you that we are laborers who have been raised up to take the gospel in this neighborhood and along the Broadway corridor and throughout the city and to the ends of the earth. And so we ask, Lord, that as we open your word today and as we tell your story and our place within it, that you would inspire us and empower us to be the missionaries that you have called and commissioned us to be. So come, Lord, with a demonstration of your power and help us see you and to see ourselves and the mission you've given us through your eyes. We pray Jesus in your name. Amen. Please have a seat. So this morning we are looking at Mission 368. And some of you may be asking, what is Mission 368? And Mission 368 is the vision that God has given us to be a church that starts new churches. Ever since the conception of grace, the Lord put a call on our heart not just to begin one expression of the local church, but to begin an expression of the local church that by God's grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit would reproduce other churches. Healthy things grow. Healthy things that grow reproduce. And it is true in the kingdom of God. Healthy disciples make disciples. Healthy leaders develop healthy leaders. And healthy expressions of the local church give birth to new expressions of the local church. And that's what Mission 368 is all about. It's really a way to understand who God is and understand who we are in relationship with God, the story that he's writing in our lives, the story that he's writing through our lives. And so I want to begin with that story this morning because the story of us is really a part of a much larger, much older story. And it's a story that begins with the risen Christ, the story that we are celebrating in particularly in particular, in this season of Easter. Our story begins with the story of the risen Christ. You remember how three days after dying for the sin of the world, Jesus shows up, and what does he say to the disciples who are behind locked doors, afraid that they're going to be crucified as well? He enters the room and he says what? Peace be with you. Peace. Because of his death, we have peace with God and with one another, and because of his resurrected life, he now empowers us with that peace. So he says, peace be with you. And then what does he do? Remember, he breathes the breath of life into his disciples, giving them the desire and the ability to be instruments of his peace, to continue his mission and ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's the beginning of the larger narrative, the greater story that God is writing in our lives and through our life together in Christ. We're missionaries sent out to continue Jesus' mission and ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our story continues and it's further clarified with the commission that Jesus gives all of his disciples, including you and me. We are a people of go, not stay. We are a community of make, not consume. We are sent out ones with an urgent purpose. And that purpose is to immerse people into a real relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the commission that the Lord gives each one 
of his followers. It's at the core of our identity. As those who have come to know Jesus, we have now been called to be people who help other people come to know Jesus. People helping people meet Jesus, that's what it means to be the church. But our story continues because our story is inspired by the spirit-led rhythm of the church that we find in Acts 2, the church that is birthed at Pentecost, the first expression of the church in Jerusalem. We're like that people. Like the first followers of Jesus began to do 2,000 years ago, we're doing that here in San Antonio. We are meeting together with one another in homes and in coffee shops, devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, the fellowship, and the prayers. And we're coming together as the people of God to celebrate God's presence in our lives, to tell the story, to reenact the story, to bring other people to participate in the story here on Sundays at our worship gatherings. And we're living life on mission for Jesus everywhere in between, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our places of work, at school, at Good Earth Farmer's Market, through snack packs for kids. Everywhere we go with whoever we're with, we are holding out the hope that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Being the church together has always meant more than just Sunday. Our story continues, and it's shaped by the very creative and flexible boldness of the missionary model of St. Patrick and how he brought the gospel to bear in the present-day country of Ireland. Like Patrick, we aim to develop apostolic bands of kingdom leaders sent out to specific neighborhoods throughout the city to embed the gospel relationally among particular people groups. And as we serve in love and make disciples and start new expressions of the local church, what happens is the kingdom of God grows and it begins to wield more influence and push back the darkness and transform culture for the common good. That's Christ in us. That's us taking the light of Christ to bear on all of those around us. We're meant to make a gospel impact in business, in trade, in learning, in education, in politics, in music, and in the arts. As ambassadors of the kingdom, we're commissioned to partner with God in the renewal of all things. And finally, our story reclaims the history of the city. Founded around the five unique but interconnected missions. Have anybody, has anybody been on that missions trail? You know the missions, the five missions? Yeah, you've been there, you, you know. In the beginning, San Antonio was founded by Franciscan missionaries. Um, and they were the focal point of community life in this city. And inside these once very prominent structures were classrooms for learning and workshops for trade and a sanctuary for worship and living quarters to protect people from marauding Indians. And all around these five missions, people grew crops and raised livestock. And connecting these missions together was a network of roads called Los Caminos Reales. 
You can see a picture of those five missions on the left. And you can see on the right the five expressions of the local church that God has called us to partner with him to give birth to in this city. You see at the top right, the Shield, Grace, Northridge. You see down at 281 and 35, that's Gathering Midtown, our daughter church. You see the square um, just below Gathering Midtown. That's the property that we own um, on North Alamo Street in the River North District, where we are beginning to pray and gather an apostolic band to start a new expression of the church there. And then the red dots at Mankey Park and in Southtown represent the fourth and fifth expression of the local church that God has called us to partner with him in his vineyard to bring the gospel to bear on the lives of people in those particular neighborhoods. So from the risen Christ to Jerusalem to Ireland and throughout the city of San Antonio, we belong to this grand story. It's being written in our lives. It's being written through our lives. And each one of us has a significant role to play in, in cooperation with what the Holy Spirit is at work doing. And the result of that is that we aim to see every man, woman, and child along the Broadway corridor have repeated opportunities to see and hear and respond to the good news, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it means for us to be the church, y'all. That's what it means for us to be followers of Jesus who have come to him for new and eternal life who are following him, pattering our lives after him, growing in him and in his likeness, and also those who have been sent out to fish for people. It is coming to Jesus, it is imitating Jesus, and it is continuing Jesus' mission and ministry that are the marks of a fully devoted and healthy follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we are. So if we are going to give every man, woman, and child along the Broadway corridor multiple opportunities to see, hear, and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we've got to know what that is. We got the why, but now we need the what. We need the what. The what, the knowing, the living, and the telling of the gospel. Romans 10.9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And in 10.17, it goes on to say that faith comes from hearing the message, this message of good news in Jesus. That means we are people that have heard and received the seed of the gospel of the kingdom of God that has fallen on good soil in our hearts and grown up and produced fruit, the fruit of faith, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That we are new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. That God has deposited that faith within us and written a testimony on our heart. And it's not meant to be hoarded or kept to ourselves. Whoever said keep the faith is wrong you got to give it away. We come to Jesus, we imitate Jesus, and we do what Jesus did. That's what it means to walk as his disciple, to give away the gospel. 
to be vessels of that good deposit that has been entrusted to us by pouring that deposit of faith out into the hearts of others. We got to know the gospel and live the gospel. We got to give away the gospel. So what is the gospel? I'm so glad you asked. Here it is. If this is the first time you've heard this this morning, then today is the greatest day of your life because this message will change everything eternally for the best. And if you've heard this message before, this is a great day because now God is calling you to grow up, to own this message in your own ways, in your own language, and give this away for the sake of others. What is the gospel that we carry? God is the loving ruler of the world. God made the world. And God made us rulers of the world under him. Revelation 4.11 says, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. But is that the way that it is now? We reject the rightful ruler, God, by trying to run life our own way. But we fail to rule ourselves, and we fail to rule society and the world. <clears throat> it's because no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. Romans 3, 10 through 12. What will God do about our rebellion against him? God won't let us rebel forever. God's punishment for our rebellion is judgment and death. Each person is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. That's what God's word says in Hebrews 9, 7. And God's judgment sounds hard. But because of his love, God sent his son into the world the man Jesus Christ. And Jesus always lived under God's rule. And by dying in our place, Jesus took our punishment and brought forgiveness. Christ suffered for our sins once and for all time, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. 1 Peter 3.18. But that's not all. God raised Jesus to life again as the ruler of the world. And Jesus has conquered death and now gives us life. And one day Jesus will return to judge. 1 Peter 1.3 says, In his great mercy God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so that leaves us with only two ways to live. Our way, reject the ruler, God, and try and run life our own way for our own glory. The result being condemned by God and facing death and eternal separation from God. Or God's new way. Submit to Jesus as our ruler. Rely on Jesus' death and resurrection. The result being the forgiveness of sin, peace with God, and eternal life and a satisfying relationship with God. John 3.36 says this, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains. And so the question is, which one of these represents the way that you want to live? But we don't end 
with just that question. Because the second question that goes with the first question is which of these represents the way that you want others around you to live? We are those who have inherited a great salvation that we might be communicators of that great salvation. And if we are going to see every man, woman, and child along the Broadway corridor receive multiple opportunities to see, hear, and respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to first receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we also have to grow up in Christ and by his grace and with the help of his spirit to know how to tell the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's going to be on the website. And I want to encourage you to learn it, to practice it, that you might be confident and capable to share that with any person at any time in any place with the prompting of the Holy Spirit that others will hear the good news and come to faith and join us in eternity in the presence of God Almighty. So that is the why and the what It's the why and the what that's leading to the how. The how we do this together in what we call Mission 368. A loving family of interdependent churches extending the kingdom of God along the Broadway corridor. We've been talking, we've been praying, we've been searching the scriptures We've been praying, we've been talking, we've been praying, we've been searching the scriptures. And God has gone before us. And the experience is that we keep walking into what God has already done before. And he's just illuminating our path and showing us what he's doing and helping us understand what it means to cooperate with him in what is nothing less than revival. And this church planting movement that's going on in our city And that he is giving us and asking us to take spiritual responsibility for along the Broadway corridor in particular. Have any of y'all been at the intersection of Austin Highway and Broadway? Going, uh, trying to take a left on Broadway. Uh, One day, uh, a couple years ago, I was at that intersection. And if you can visualize it in your mind's eye, there's a big orange sign with a big black arrow pointing, pointing to the left right? And it's pointing right at this little black and white sign that says what? Loop 368. And I was at that intersection one day and I was thinking, oh yeah, a loving family of interdependent churches extending the kingdom of God along the Broadway corridor. Broadway, I think it used to be called like the River Road back in the day, something like that. And now it's called Loop 368. That's interesting. I wonder if there's any scriptural meaning for that. And this is the Holy Spirit just stirring up my heart. So when I got to where I was going, I opened up my app, and I started looking at scriptures, and the Lord led me to Psalm 36, 8. And here's what Psalm 36, 8 says. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. And right then I knew that was a prophetic word from God. That what we are invited to do with him is to create, to cooperate in his creation 
of five expressions of the local church, his house, where as we share the gospel, people will be moved by the Spirit and be born again and become adopted into God's family as sons and daughters in Christ Jesus and heirs of his kingdom and all of his riches in heaven, members of his household forever. And as members of his household, he will feed them like a good shepherd. From the rivers of his delight, the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, living water along the natural river, San Antonio River. That's what God is doing. And by his grace and in his pleasure, he's just said, I am raising you up as laborers for this harvest field, will you join me? Amen. And so that's the why and that's the what. And we're, car- we're starting to look at the how. And I'm just going to go through this real quickly because all I'm trying to do is start a conversation today. But it's going to take five specific things and six if you think we need a better graphic artist than me. Someone say amen to that. But as we cooperate with God as healthy disciples and healthy leaders that are um, starting healthy new expressions of the church, we will be reproducing community. That means we're, we're disciples that are making disciples. We're leaders that are developing kingdom leaders. We're living on mission and encouraging and praying for one another, arm in arm, hand in hand, like a net gathering up the people that Jesus is drawing to himself. Reproducing community. It's what we're doing in our life groups, y'all. It's what we're doing here on Sundays. It's what we're doing as we meet with one another in between. We're also going to need leaders and teams that are ready to step out and embed the gospel relationally in these different neighborhoods. And so, We've started the missional residency program, and we've, we've got Britt in our midst, and Jason and Heather are sitting in the back row. Jason's starting our missional residency this summer, and we're, we're, we're raising up church planters, and we're putting apostolic bands around them that include worship leaders and administrators and family and children's ministers and all sorts of people with different gifts that we would put together a band of 12, nothing new. Why reinvent the wheel? To go out and to pray for the sick. No, no, no. To heal the sick and to cast out demons and to share the good news of the kingdom of God and invite people to repent and to believe and to experience the fullness of God's love. And we're going to need resources. Money is muscle in the kingdom of God. It's the root of all kinds of evil, but it's also muscle. And I am so grateful to be a part of this group of people who are so generously and sacrificially giving joyfully from our hearts to the glory of God, starting at 10% of our income and going beyond that in grateful response to who Jesus is and what he has done for us and what he is empowering us to do with him for his sake and for his glory. Well done, Grace. You guys are growing up And you're giving your lives for the sake 
of the gospel being shared and the kingdom being extended throughout the city and to the ends of the earth. We've been looking at different opportunities, and y'all, this hasn't gone the way that we thought it would go. Like, isn't there some joke about that and God laughs or something? I don't know. But, but what's happened is we've, we've just studied the word and we've prayed and we've listened and God's led. And we're laying down our, our agendas and we're staying surrendered before the Father and we're saying, here we are, send us, show us, lead us, and he's getting us on his agenda. And it's been, it's been beautiful. It's been a little strange because it started with the purchase of this property on North Alamo, which we still own down in the River North District. Here is a drawing that is a result of a lot of prayer and a lot of amazing architects and leaders that have come around and, and heard a vision from the Lord to create a third space that will love and serve that neighborhood and then find a way to worship in it. And there's, there's prayer and there's people that are gathering right now that are feeling called to help be a part of that apostolic band that's going to plant a new expression of the church in River North. And if you're one of those people, then talk to me because we want you to come and pray with us and be a part of that new missionary work. Well, just as we thought we were moving forward on that, God did a little something else. And I met with a former pastor of this church. He invited me to lunch. We had about a two and a half hour conversation. And at the very end of that conversation, he said, Matt, the elders have been doing a little research on you, a little research on grace, and we've been praying, and we think God's telling us to sell you this building. Okay. Long story short, five months later, we had a contract on this building. And what we believe God was doing, and what we believe God is doing, is he is anchoring this missionary movement here at Grace Northridge, and that this becomes an abbey to mission churches and mission chapels, an abbey being a fully healthy expression of the body of Christ, also with a leadership development and a church planting platform. And that's what Grace has become. And so here we are. And as we were starting to move over to this place, God did something else. He gave us a daughter church who we adopted back in May. Gathering Midtown. Have anybody, has anybody met Drew Witt, the lead pastor of Gathering Midtown? Has anybody worshipped at Gathering Midtown yet? Okay, here's a message from Drew.
service that we've kind of gotten inspired to do from, from y'all. And it was our second attempt at one. I really wasn't sure how it would go. Um, I was really nervous, to be honest, um, because our church hasn't yet warmed up to that, this idea of getting out of your chair and going and getting prayed for. And so during the week, uh, just every time we get together at Grace, we would pray for our church and that there would just be a great thriller and the Holy Spirit would be here. And I have to say, it was the best time that we've ever had worshiping together as a church. God really came through for us. Um, we had 124 people um, packed in this place. There was standing room only, but we've never had anything close to that amount of people before. It was beautiful to see people just step out of their chairs and go and to get prayed for, just to stand in the worship as other people were praying. We, we, after that, we celebrated communion, and then we celebrated four water baptisms. Just the best thing that we had ever done, and I didn't even preach. It was awesome. <laughs> right after service, um, a young man came up to me, and it was the second time, and I had never seen him before. I didn't know him, and he kept wanting to talk to me. And every time he opened his mouth, he would just start crying. He would just cry and cry, and he would collect himself and he would just try to talk, and he would just cry. And he had been away from the Lord for two years, and he really wasn't sure what God was doing, but he knew he had to come up and talk to me. Apologizing for crying, and I just looked around at the water baptism and said, "Buddy, we just baptize people. Usually, when that happens, the Holy Spirit comes and like, don't apologize." And it's striking. You don't always see guys come up after church just crying. Um, that happened this week. It, it was just amazing to see what God is doing in our midst, and we give Him all the glory, obviously, and all the credit for that. But I'm Amen. So, <clears throat> that, is, that is a snapshot of Mission 368, and there is a lot more conversation, a lot more prayer to be had, but I, I wanted to start that out today so that you would know, at least in part, what God is up to in and through our lives, and we're going to continue this conversation um, at our community retreat every uh, August we come here on Friday night and all day Saturday. Gathering Midtown's going to join us, and we're going to continue to dig deeper into our identity. I want to encourage you um, to be there for that. Before, um, before we have communion, I, I want to end with one story. And it's a story that I think really marks and celebrates um, what God is doing and how we're cooperating with him. Last night was um, the marriage of Rivers Collins, Shannon and um, Steve Collins' daughter. Rivers got married to Dustin last night, and um, it, was a, it was a beautiful time. But really the highlight of that time for me and for several of us is uh, a young man who went to college with Dustin was there. He was the best man. And as he came to San Antonio, the Holy Spirit um, 
was already working on him and beginning to soften his heart. This is a young man that doesn't believe in God, who has rebelled against God, and um, who was carrying um, really a lot of guilt and a lot of shame in his life. And as um, he began to experience Christ in this community, God began to soften his heart and open his heart. And at the rehearsal dinner, um, I was able to have um, a conversation with him about the Lord and about life. And then on Saturday morning, um, several people came around Steve Collins, um, Rick and Jed and Madison, and they had breakfast, although it was more of a brunch because I think it lasted about three hours, um, with Dustin and also with Flo, the best man. And they loved them and they shared the gospel with them and they encouraged them to be in the word and be in relationship. And the spirit was moving in a powerful way in Dustin's life and also in Florian's life. And then last night um, at the wedding, I had an opportunity to talk to Florian and a couple of his buddies before uh, the worship time. And then afterwards, um, Flo came up to me and, and he said, um, you know, I want to know more about your religion. And I said, well, Florian, would it surprise you to know that I'm not a religious person? And that surprised him. And I began to explain to him the difference between religion and relationship. That religion is defined by what we do to win God's approval and favor. And that Christianity is not a relationship. It's not a religion, it's a relationship. Because Christianity is what God has done for us to bring us back into a right relationship with him forever. That religion is spelled do-o and Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. And he was really moved by that. And we continued to talk, but it was time for dinner and the band was playing. So we went in to eat and to dance. And before the night was over, I got another tap on my shoulder. And it was Florian and his buddy, Steve, his college soccer buddy, Steve. Uh, and they said, well, we, we want to talk to you. We've been talking. We really, we really need to talk to you. Okay, can we go over here? So we walked over to this little alcove outside. And Florian began to describe how God was moving on his heart and he was open and wants to know God. And he said, what do I do? And his buddy Steve said, well, that's what God's doing. And, and, and you can pray and God will come and, and be a part of your life. And Florian said, I'm scared. And his image of God was off. He thought God was going to punish him and be mad at him. And so the Holy Spirit put on my heart to tell him the story of the prodigal son. And I just told him the story. And as I was telling the story, he just began to weep and weep and weep. And at the end of the story, he said, that's me. He said, what do I do? And Steve said, you got to pray. And Florian looked at me in the eyes and said, can we do that now? I said, yes. Can we lay hands on you? And so I prayed a prayer and he prayed it after me in this beautiful French accent. And he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ at a wedding. Be because the Holy Spirit brought him here to this community with a handful of people who knew the gospel, who were ready to share the gospel, and stepped into what God was doing for the good of this man. And together, God allowed us to bring him into our family. And so we talked to him afterwards. We welcomed him as a brother in Christ. We told him that last night was his birthday because he was born again. 
And I told him there's wedding cake in there, and one of those slices is your birthday cake. <laughs> and uh, and we, we went in and, and had cake and, and celebrated. But y'all, that's what God is doing. And I'm telling you, there is no greater purpose in heaven and on earth than to be a part of God's life and to continue Jesus' mission and ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything else is going to burn up. It's not going to last. But those conversations and those relationships will last forever. That's who we are. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and love for the joy of our salvation that you have won for us in your son, Jesus Christ, and for the privilege of being ambassadors of your kingdom, ministers of reconciliation, harbingers of the gospel. And so, Lord, we ask now by your Holy Spirit as we come around your table that you would make your gospel come alive in our hearts and that it would well up in new life to overflowing that we wouldn't be able to help at any time, in any place, with any person to share the hope that is within us, the good news of Jesus Christ, for your glory, for our joy. In Jesus' name we pray, Father.